0: This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum, Good Ever Shabbos, everybody, and good Isrukhag. I hope you had a very pleasant and meaningful Shavuos. And today, Isrukhag, Friday, we focus on this forthcoming Shabbos of Parshas Nosso. Tomorrow, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Nosso with its 18 mitzvos. You have at the beginning of Parshas Nosso the prohibition of someone who is tomei, ritually impure, having come in contact or been under the same roof as a dead body to go into the Beis Hamigdash and we observe this law today by not going on the Temple Mount yet Please God, we will have the Parah Aduma. Please God, we will the red heifer. We will have the third Beis Hamigdash, and these laws will once again become relevant in our day. You have in Parshas Nosso the laws of the Sota the suspected adulteress. You have the laws of the Nazir, 10 out of the 18 mitzvos focus on the Nazir, the Nazirite who abstains from drinking wine, cutting his hair, attending funerals. And Pashas Naso has Birkas Kohanim, which we will come back to, the priestly blessing. And finally, it has a distinction of being the longest in the Torah. You have 176 verses in the Parsha and the length of the Parsha comes because at the end of the Parsha you have the detailed gift that each of the tribes brought on the occasion of the dedication of the sanctuary in the desert the Mishkan. Now the Torah could have consolidated this at the end and made Nasa one of the shorter parashios of the Torah by saying that this same gift was brought by each of the princes. However the Torah repeats the exact same gift again and again. And perhaps you can give or understand this because, interestingly, while some say that they actually got together and determined one would not outdo the other, the medrash is very, very uh, full. Of suggestions as to while each brought the same each had a different intention each of the 12 tribes had a different way a nuance of serving Hashem and each of these korbanos reflected that particular mission of that tribe I'd like to focus this morning on one aspect of Berkaz Kohanim, the Bracha HaMeshuleshes, the blessing of three verses, which is found in this parsha, And I'll focus on the last of the three psukim. The first is Yivarechacha Hashem V'Yishmarecha. Hashem should literally bless you safeguard you. The second verse, God should illuminate His countenance for you, and be gracious unto you. And finally, that which we will focus on, May Hashem lift, or shine, His countenance upon you, literally, and give you peace. Now, the Midrash, in this parsha, chapter 11, paragraph 7, teaches in the name of Rav ben Dostoi, what does it mean when it says, Yisho Hashem Panov elecha? The God should shine His countenance, or literally, He should show you special consideration. Says the Midrash, this refers to Davar, Shabincha Levaino, that which is of a personal nature between you and God. Now the question is, how are we to understand this? So I'd like to share with you an exciting Adaris leo of the Vilna Gaon, who begins by pointing out the following interesting Gemara. In Kedushin 39b. Rava teaches in the name of Rav Yaakov, Mitzvah Bahai Al which means that God does not reward us for the performance of mitzvos in this world. Now, I'd like you to discuss why not. I'll suggest that literally there is not the currency in this world for God to reward us. Meaning, if you are selling your car, so now a car has monetary value, I can pay for your car with money. However, mitzvahs are eternal. Mitzvahs come from God and He is priceless and eternal, and therefore, in a very real sense, there cannot be a reward for mitzvot in this world. However, at first glance, and even at second glance, there is a major problem with this, because the we know that Hashem keeps His Torah. What does that mean, Hashem keeps His Torah? Well, number one, in the Opening paragraph of that which we're going to say tonight in the Kiddush of Vayahulu. So, what does the Pussek say? God rested and he completed his work on the seventh day. Oi, on the seventh day, how could Hashem create anything on the seventh day? He himself keeps the Torah and he doesn't work on Shabbos. So, Rashi comes up and says, Wait a minute, it only looked like the seventh day to us, but to him it wasn't the Seventh day, or he created Minucha, he created the ability for us to have that capacity to rest on the seventh day. But I have to tell you, the Gemara in Megillah 9a, which tells us that 72 elders of the Jewish people were sequestered, each one in their own room, and they were not told, nor could they consult with one another, why they were being brought together. Talmai the king told them they were to translate the Torah into Greek, and interestingly, Hashem inspired all of them to make certain changes, and among the changes were, they all said, Hashem completed on the sixth day, lest that Talmai and others would not understand. The Talmud in the first chapter of Brachos tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts on tefillin. He tells us to put on tefillin and he puts on tefillin. So much so that the Talmud as much as asks what's written in his tefillin. And whereas in our tefillin you have Shema Yisrael in his which is our praise and our literally pledge of allegiance to him he has in his tefillin his praise and pledge of allegiance to us umika amcho Yisrael Goya ba'aretz given that Hashem keeps the Torah asks the Mefarshim points out the Vilna Gaon a very interesting question in the twenty-fourth chapter of Devarim the Torah teaches that a Employer is to pay his workers in a timely fashion, and the Torah says, "Biyomo titain scharo," chapter twenty-four, verse fifteen. Literally, on that day shall you pay his wages. If so, how is it that we just learned a moment ago in the Gemara? Kedushin 39b that mitzvah Baha'i alma that God doesn't give reward for mitzvos in this world when he's supposed to give us the reward literally on the day that we perform the mitzvah. So one of the interesting answers is based upon a law in Choshen Mishpat, chapter Shinna 3, 39. Paragraph 6, whereby you have an interesting technicality of law, that if an employer hires his workers a shalich, via an emissary, via an intermediary, then in such a situation, neither nor is the mishaleach, the employer, nor the shaliach, the intermediary, neither of them violate this law if the wages are not paid on time. Now, if that's the case, God gave the Torah through a shaliach, through Moshe Rabbeinu, as we say Torah, tzivolanu Moshe. The Torah was given to us via Moshe, and therefore God does not have to give us the reward, the in the proper time. However, we all know, just having undergone the Yom Tov of Shavuos, and we read this in chapter 19 of Shemos, that the entire nation of Israel heard the first two commandments. We heard the mitzvos of emuna, Anoche Hashem al-okecha, to positively believe in God, and Lohi and we are not to have, and to entertain, any other divinity in our minds or in our actions? If so, we cannot at first glance have any tainos, have any complaints to God for His not giving us the reward for the 611, but He does give us a reward for the mitzvah of emuna, and that's what the medrash means when the pasuk says saw Hashem panav elecha." That Hashem will literally show favoritism and special consideration to you. Says the medrash, this refers to davar she'beincha that which is specific between you and God, namely the mitzvah of emuna. However, listen carefully we find something very, very fascinating. And that is as follows. Each of the mitzvot that we do contain not only the element of the act of a mitzvah, but it contains more. And I'll show you something very fascinating. This morning, the men resumed to wear the tefillin. Something we did not do on Yom Tov. Before we donned the tefillin, we recited a bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, Blessed are you God, Elokeinu Melecholam, literally, our God, King of the Universe, who commanded us to come on, in this case here, don the tefillin, the women this afternoon will light the Shabbos candles who commanded us to, though it's a rabbinic mitzvah, but the idea is, why do we include in the bracha Elokeinu Melech Why could not the text of the bracha be Baruch ato Hashem, Asher Kitshanu, the mitzvah osav who sanctified us and commanded us specifically put on tefillin, put a mezuzah whatever it is, why elokeinu melech so the answer is that in every mitzvah that we do and we recite a bracha, we clearly demonstrate that we're not doing this because of some tradition that we have, we're not doing this because mommy said you can't get breakfast until you eat until you put your tefillin on, until you dive in. shachris. The reason why I'm putting on my tefillin is because Elokeinu Melech Olam I recognize that God is the God of the universe. I recognize that He gave us the Torah. I recognize that there's a relationship between me and Hashem. And so every single mitzvah contains the element of Emunah as well. So sharp points out the Vilna Gaon. So one again. Let's go back to the Pasuk in this week's parasha. saw Hashem God will show you favoritism. Why? Because of the specific mitzvah of Emunah. So we started off by saying we get for emuna those two first of the Ten Commandments as a Opposed to the rest of the six, eleven, and now we're saying no. Inherent in every mitzvah is the additional factor of emuna, of faith, which is contained therein, and that will help us understand the Gemara in Brachos twenty B whereby Rabavira taught that the angels challenged God and they said to Hashem, My goodness, you say in this week's parsha that come on, you saw Ashem Panavelecha, but yet it's written in the fifth book of the Torah, in Parshas Ekev in Pas- Chapter Ten, Pesach Seventeen, upon him, God does not show favor and does not accept a bribe. So how could He show favor to us? So the Medrash, the Book rather gives a powerful answer and says, "Look, in my Torah, I said you shall eat be satiated and then bless God, which is the grace after meals and we, says the Talmud are strict upon ourselves that even if we're not Satiated, even if we've eaten but a kezias, which is literally the size of an olive or a kebetzah or an egg, we will still recite the birkas amazon, meaning we go out of our way for him, he goes out of our way for us. But look, of all the examples, the Talmud brings the example of the birkas amazon, and I'd like to suggest, according to the gra, why? Because you have within the bracha elokeinu melech olam the idea behind this is most powerful, not only in each of our mitzvos is there this element of emunah but ideally the Jew lives with emunah if he invests in a deal and the deal does not go the way he wanted it to go, or please God, the other way, if he's Invests in a deal and it goes better than he even thought. He's to realize and recognize it's not quote his lucky day or unlucky day. He's to recognize the call to Abid Rahmana, leTav Ovid. Everything is done with God's personal direction and intervention. God wanted me to have it. God did not want me to have it. And so the entire day is literally one whereby Imuna, our faith, dominates. And for this, please God, there is reward in this world. Wow! A very refreshing way of looking at and may we be the beneficiaries of this blessing for many years to come. Shabbat Shalom to all.